0: Clint, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting
1: dirty with George's ass. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. Let the nuts hang. Let the hang. Well, you never know what the hell's going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey.
0: What other 50-year-old white man's out here doing a gritty that night. You know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But, no, Wait, no right. shit, the lights went out. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Don't Just worry. It's
1: doing the gritty.
2: I say right foot, creep. Cheers, boys. Obviously, you can follow us. Um, you, you can follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to the show via YouTube. And hey, check us out on the SiriusXM app. We've got Trevor Knight, Trevor Knight, former Oklahoma quarterback, A&M quarterback. We're going to talk some a and today too. So, Field of Twelve analyst Trevor, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody. I wore my Spurs Tim Duncan jersey. To represent. Oh, it's a good yeah. night, man. I'm doing well.
2: There we go, and then we got Max Starks, longtime Pittsburgh Steeler, Florida Gator. Uh, we're going to talk some Gators too, <laughs> and um, yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, uh, SiriusXM, SEC, ESPNU, NFL Radio. you're an analyst all over. Um, I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just, yeah. If it's football, it's me. So yeah, there we'll just we go, it that simple. <laughs> I know, I know, we got to get to the toast,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: the first thing that I want to do, this, this is only ninety seconds. Here's what I want to ask you. Max, who on the Florida team who's not named Anthony Richardson are we supposed to be scared of? It's spooky season. Who are we – outside of Anthony Richardson, who are we supposed to be scared of?
0: That's a very tough statement because I probably would have said Osiris Torrance, the right guard, Mm -hmm. obviously All-American coming in, physical matchup. You saw him and Jalen Carter going at it. Yeah. Uh, in the Florida, Georgia game. I think he's probably one of our best guys, the scariest because he's nasty, he's physical, he's mean. He is the identity of that offensive line. Right. So I think if I'm picking a spooky character character on that team, I'd have to give it to Osiris Torrance. You know what? That's that's a great answer. I love that. And Trevor, for you, same. I'm gonna
2: ask you the same thing, but a different a, a little bit of a different question. Spooky season, you've played against Kansas State. We saw what they did to Oklahoma State. What? Why is this team so scary?
1: It, they are scary because they don't hide what they do. They know exactly who they are. They line up across from you, whether they're a zero star or a five star, a transfer, a walk-on, a scholarship guy, and they say, hey, come at us. We're going to do what we do, and we're going to do a very good job. At doing it. That being said, they also play in Manhattan. It's the Little Apple, Manhattan, yeah. Kansas. That's where teams can go to die. It's a tough place to play. The, the The fan base comes and they are loud and they're ready to rock. And when they get some momentum going, they just don't make mistakes and they keep coming after you. I'll tell you what, Deuce Vaughn. Although he's not real spooky to the eye because he's about five five, he is spooky good. And he is getting it done on the ground for those guys.
2: No, I love him, guys. We got a jam-packed show. It's our overaction Monday show. Uh, we got a lot on the docket. We're going to kick out some wild scenarios that you guys are going to kick back at me. Um, we got a lot to do, but let's—I guess—let's kick it off with a toast. And I'm gonna—I'm gonna kick it to you first, Trevor. Kick it off with a toast,
1: guys. In the spirit of Halloween, I'm gonna take it away from the football field for one minute. I have mad respect for a four-year-old tonight <laughs> a four-year-old walked up to my front door as a police officer and he tried to arrest me at my own front door <laughs> Instead of trick or treat, he said you're under arrest for four years old man that takes some guts he's gonna be on the gridiron one day cheers to you my little man cheers. there we go <laughs> cheers
0: <laughs> max what do you got you know what I, I i'm gonna give a cheers because this is brand new and this is fresh and the band-aids just just getting cracked open from the actual container so, <laughs> so while while it is still a wound i'm just gonna sprinkle a little salt bay salt into that one uh I, i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna have to go with brian harson and his yep. dreams in the sec I mean, first of all should not have came down here but you did and you went to one of the most rabid fan bases. Yeah. Auburn University, they opened the wallets yet again for the second time in three years. So cheers to Harson for going fishing a little early. Yeah.
2: Goodness. um, I'm going to go cheers to – I'm going to toast to a guy that I couldn't get into my three stars. So I'm going to cheers to Jake Hainer, Fresno State quarterback. Okay, there we go. Guy that's been hurt came back and he found a way to get it done. I just, I, I really, I've, I've liked Jake since he was in the elite, when I was at the elite 11 watching him at the elite 11 and seeing how he operates. So I'm going to go to, to Hainer, a guy that just, they needed a win. They got a win. And I will say this, there's something scary about watching Tedford teach quarterbacks. It is like watching like in and Trevor and Max, I'm sure you can appreciate this as offensive guys. Watching Tedford on the whiteboard go through, oh, well, if we just, we're just we going to do this and this and this, and we're going to make him break all of his rules, and then we'll have this guy in this space, and you're like, as a defender, you're like, oh, no. And then Hayner does every single thing beat by beat, and it just... I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy to see the guy out there doing it again. He's the guy that sunk Deshaun Watson in the dunk, tape, dunk tank at the Elite Eleven. So I'm gonna cheers to Jake Hayner. I, I, I just, I really enjoy him watching him play. I like that. All right, so we got a lot to get through. Um, again, we said it's over there, overreaction Monday. We're gonna go with this thirty thousand foot view, right? Okay. We've got TCU. We've got Clemson. They're both undefeated. What are the odds of one of them missing the playoff? I'll kick it off to you, Max. Oof. If they um, finish undefeated.
0: Finishing undefeated. I I mean, I would probably I, – I believe Clemson has the best shot. Of, I don't of really missing the playoff or of getting to? Getting to. Getting okay. to the playoff. I think they will remain undefeated just because their schedule – the any big bad wolf that was uh, in front of them, I just I don't see anybody toppling them at this point. Sure, and it's not that it's cute. It's not that it's great by any means, but it's just there is no competition for them in the ACC. Well, here's the thing: I'm I'm saying,
2: what if what if they both end up thirteen and up? I think next weekend is going to tell us a whole lot.
1: All <laughs> <laughs> right,
2: okay, Trevor. What do you What do you think? They both I end up this, thirteen and zero.
1: I think this conversation could we could take five shows to talk about it because yeah, I think exactly. we vulnerable. will. <laughs> but if we're talking about just these two teams, yeah. I'm going to go with a very black black and white approach. These two teams did one spot left. Clemson gets in because they've been there before, and that's it. You're telling me that these guys, and I always say, at least in my head, they're sitting around this rich mahogany desk to make this decision. If they're sitting around that rich mahogany desk and they're sipping on some decaf coffee because it's been a long day, you can't tell me that they're going to put in TCU over Clemson. Sonny Dykes over Dabo Sweeney. They're just not going to do it because Clemson has proven as a program that they've been there and that they can get it done even coming from the ACC, which has been down compared to an SEC over, over the years. Now, maybe not as down as it is this year, but it has been down. I think if it comes to these two teams, Clemson's the one that is getting in over TCU and I won't go too deep here. But you're talking about putting an undefeated conference champion, power five, over potentially a one-loss Tennessee team that doesn't get into the SEC title game or a one-loss Georgia team that doesn't get into the SEC title game. And how do you do that? That's when late in the afternoon, sip on the coffee. What are we really going to do? Who are the best four teams? One-loss we'll show. Yeah, That's one right. loss It, it could happen in the Big year. Ten as well. Yeah, Whoever wins between Ohio State
0: and Michigan as well. Yeah, that's – And if if it's Michigan, Michigan, though, I mean, just because there's virtue of their schedule, this is the game for them. And if they lose that Ohio State game, that's it, because there's nothing else on the schedule to really bolster it. I mean, yes, Penn State, but Penn State has been beaten by both of them. So, if that's your next best win – Uh, out of there it it would be tough so like i said next weekend will give us a lot more clarity than right now
2: you know what hey trevor you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna flip one of these things The georgia and tennessee i'm gonna flip michigan to a head because we just got into michigan because michigan is better than ohio state is what we've got as an overreaction
1: yeah. Can I can I make an overreaction real quick before we move on from, from Clemson and TCU? Yes. This is the show. Yes, Trevor, do it. <laughs> I think I think there's a possibility that Clemson and TCU get in over two better teams than both of them. And that's the scenario because both Ohio Ohio State and Michigan have to play, Georgia and Tennessee have to play, and one's gonna have to go up against Alabama if they're going undefeated power five conference champ Clemson and TCU get in and two teams that I personally think are much better at this point in the season sit at home. And those, those two
2: teams are Tennessee and Georgia.
1: Those two teams are the loser of Tennessee and Georgia and the loser of Michigan and Ohio state.
2: So which, which leads us directly into what I wanted to talk about Michigan as a football team.
0: You <laughs> oh, look at Max. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's do it.
2: Let's do it. Let's no, go. Let's no, I'm I'm in. I'm Happy in. Dude. Monday, you... y'all. Happy listen, Monday. This is this is what listen. You see the spider in my beard right here, man? Yeah, exactly. We're ready to rock and roll. This is what dads do on spook in spooky season. So yes. I let's talk Michigan. So the, the overreaction is that Michigan is better than Ohio State.
0: No, 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 I can't. The last, was it, six out of the last minutes in that fourth quarter against yeah. Penn State Let you know that Michigan is not better than all. When <laughs> Ohio State just cranks it up from five to six, people crumble, right? You can't yeah. even go to ten. They played like dog crap. They Thank were you. losing in the fourth quarter. In a six-minute span, this team scored 28 points and had two turnovers. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, like I don't want to get into my three-star because my three-star is one of the guys on that Ohio State squad. But he, it changed the entire complexion. 72 mm-hmm. for Penn State, that poor right tackle, yeah. is going to be an actuary or an accountant now because of that game alone. Okay? He does not want to see a 44 for anything. It, it, like no, he is scared of that number for the rest of his life. He because, shows up uh, at star if he, if he shows up at Starbucks, and it's like seven forty four. He's like, no, not- you know what? I'll buy something else. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Get get. Hey, give me the egg bites or some, or some <laughs> cake pop. I don't know. Give me something to change the number because yeah, and don't let it be four forty four because that would be that'd be even worse. Yeah. <laughs> I Trevor,
1: I, this is so tough. Yeah, okay. Because all year long, all we've talked about is how good Ohio State is. But if you really go back and look at the schedule, you've got to look at Michigan and say, you've done everything that you're supposed to do up yes, until this point. they have. You played really well against Penn State. And then this past week, I know Michigan State is down. But we had Christian Hackenberg on here talking about the Big Ten, talking about a rivalry game, talking about it. doesn't matter your record going into that one. Anything yep. can happen. And I know it wasn't the prettiest win, but twenty seven—that's pretty convincing in a big time rivalry game. They did what they were supposed to do, sure. And it all—we were, we were talking about this too. They've got to go up and play Illinois in the in the in conference play here in mm-hmm. just a couple of weeks. They still have that one to get past. If they can continue to just win, and Blake Corum be their bell cow, and JJ McCarthy just not screw things up, if they can go out there and play Ohio State in the finale and just have one day like they've shown they've done in the past. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just not bought in that it's going to be a cakewalk for Ohio State in that football game. I think Michigan's got, Michigan's got a real shot to come out of the West and, and be the conference champion.
2: I, I, so, so here's my big thing. And this is the thing, and I, I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on it as offensive guys, quarterback, offensive lineman. We saw Penn State capitalize on that Ohio State, that cover zero that they play. Yeah, which I I love it. I I'm I am obsessed with it. I was obsessed with it a year ago when it was Oklahoma State doing the same thing. But when you set your heels at eight yards. And then you look at that quarterback and they're like the quarterback's like, I don't know what we're supposed to do, dog. And we saw Penn State have success a Parker Washington touchdown after two missed tackles Uh, apart when they put Parker Washington in the backfield and a linebacker had to cover Penn State's leading receiver, I was like, oh, this is bad. On like one of those, what is like an angle route? What do you, Trevor, you tell me, what do you call the the little, the circle right there?
1: Yeah, a little, uh, I think it was like a little bender, right? Because he's from the inside, he's coming across the field.
2: Yeah, he just, he goes from lined up next to the quarterback, he goes out, it looks like a, it looks like it's a wheel, and then he, boom, darts back inside. Oh, yeah,
1: Little, from the backfield, a little slant route, little bender,
2: whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so he he does that, and the linebackers like, I'm trying to protect myself against the wheel. How come he's back inside there? And so we saw how you could take advantage of that defense, of course. But the reality of it is, is, and I think about this a lot because a couple of Michigan fans they jumped in my mission, my my mentions, and they were like. Well, look at the time of possession, and time of possession is what we're doing. And I'm like, hey, man, time of possession is not a metric that you need to grade on. Because there's a lot of really bad football teams that win time of possession because it takes them so long to score. And when you play Ohio State, and this is a big thing for me with Penn State, and that's what we saw. Penn State was winning time of possession. And then, as you mentioned, Max, in six minutes, Ohio State completely decimated their entire approach.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about one, two, three, three three-play drives (laughs) on the plus side of the field. And and a turnover. And the pick six by a defensive end rushing the edge, high points it like a receiver in the back pylon corner. Reminded me of Santonio San Holmes trying to get his feet down in yeah. Super Bowl. And then carries it like a loaf of bread. <laughs> he carries it for the last 10 yards like a loaf of bread because nobody wants to tackle him because this dude literally looks like a pit bull with the leash with the leash off. Yeah. Okay. I listen, I've I've seen that on a couple of my walks
2: in the morning, and I'm like, oh, well, that's the street I'm not going down.
0: you know what? I, I left something at the house. I'm gonna just turn right back around right now. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's how they felt. And that's where. Now, granted, I will say this, and Trevor, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Um, the play calling for Ohio State for the first three quarters was garbage. Well, it, hang on, hang on. Okay, outside of Marvin Harrison. Hang
2: on, hang on. I think they were working on something. Hmm. I think they were trying to run the football, and obviously when my, um Williams goes down, things are different. But I think they were working on trying to force running and then they were like, you know what? Let's just do the thing that we do. Is that crazy to say? Not, don't worry. Ever, not me, crazy
1: to say. I don't think that they would have worked on things that long in a game of that caliber. But, okay. but Max, to your point, okay. and okay. I know I went off on of Michigan saying they have a shot. And that is my stance. They have a shot. That sure. being said, Ohio State's firepower, their ability <laughs> to really kick it into gear – is unlike anything we've seen in a while. Yeah. They've got dudes that can get down the field quick and put the ball in the end zone. And so it's going to, to my point, that game, to me right now, in all the country, there's going to be a lot of good games. Obviously, Tennessee, Georgia, right? That's a game you circle. But the, yes. the, the one I just keep circling with that Sharpie that's almost bled through the paper is going to be that Michigan-Ohio State game because I think that's when we're going to state really flex its muscles and give us their best shot. My only point was Michigan has a chance if they come out and play perfect on a day like that.
0: Sure. Well, I just think it's because if you sleepwalk, like I felt like Ohio state did for the first three quarters. Sure. I mean, like you said, I I get Williams went down, but you still have Marvin Harrison. That kid literally caught everything. It was Henderson. Yeah. But they, they did, they, and this is me. I felt like they didn't attack the middle of the field consistently enough against Penn State. Everything was short, numbers to sideline. It was a very it was a very horizontal game for them. And they pushed it only when they had to in third downs to keep a drive going, but it wasn't an emphasis for them when they know they have better guys. When you know that if you could get a guy in single high, you need to let it go. Let me let me ask you guys this. I want to get
2: Max, I want to get you first as an offensive lineman. As as someone who has to protect the quarterback. Yeah. And then Trevor, I want to get this, go, I want to go into your mind on this as a quarterback. I thought the biggest issue for me was the way that CJ Stroud gave ground. Mm-hmm. When he when it, when it he didn't step up in the pocket and he didn't tuck and run when he could have tucked and run, when there was space, when things cleared, he he still tried to find that edge, right? He still tried to find outside of the tackle to find a way to to run to look down the field instead of just I'll take this two or I'll take this three or I'll take this four so max when you're you're on that on that front and your
0: quarterback is giving ground how does that affect you and then Trevor hop in yeah so i think yeah, C.J. Stroud was showing a lot of Spencer Rattler from earlier in the year South Carolina, right? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, a great point. It was one of those things where it's like I want to create space, right? I don't want to feel claustrophobic, which is for a quarterback, you should never feel claustrophobic as long as the center and two guards are keeping the depth of the pocket at bay. Right. The, the second you start to retreat, that's my territory, right? Because I'm yeah. responsible for that width of the pocket. And I'm taught take that guy on a hula hoop down to 9.5 to 10 yards. The problem is when your quarterback is taking a five step drop and he's at seven yards deep, but he decides he wants to take a couple more steps back, he's almost <laughs> making it a point to be there. Plus, the momentum of the offside tackle is slingshotting that guy into the direction that the quarterback's trying to escape. Like you said, you would love to see him step up or at least out to create that yeah. space laterally that he's looking for. But for some reason, CJ Stroud decided to retreat backwards and then start working, which put a lot of stress on the tackles. And I'm not a fan of that. But I also get that, hey, if he didn't feel comfortable up in the middle because of the D tackles and some of the things they were running in the middle of that line, I see why he did it. But that's a stressful situation for me. And having a quarterback yeah. who did that for years in the NFL <laughs> where Ben's like, "Nope, I'm just going to start leaking to the side of the guy and then I'm going to back up, <laughs> I'm going to go back right, and then I might even do a whirly bird and mush one guy in the face and take him to the ground that's trying to sack me, and then I'm going to do it. Like that was a, a constant stress for us, but at the same time, you can't knock the result. But at the same time, it's like don't get mad if you get hit. At the same, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I yeah. can't do everything.
1: <laughs> Come on, yeah, that, that's a, I think that's really well said, Max. We were always taught if you have a long drop naturally, uh, to to put your toes half a yard up before the snap, right? So you're closer to the center to help your tackles out. We well, always talk get to get to nine, maybe nine and a half, because you guys are running around at ten. The, the second you get around there, that's your own territory. Now, never told, especially if you're a running quarterback and can create plays down the field. To not do that if you can get out there. You got good scramble drill. You're you're Kyler Murray. You're Patrick Mahomes. Even your Big Ben, and you and you can keep your up down the field and make plays. But understand that, believe it or not, those offensive tackles are looking forward. They're not looking at the quarterback. I know you got you know, all your listeners out there. You don't understand that when they're blocking, and they give up a sack, when a guy's you know 11 yards deep, they have a spot. They're pushing that guy to a spot, and it's the quarterback's job to step up, up, and then get out. Step up, 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 and then deliver the ball. Or they can get out. Make sure that DN's not going to get them beat, get out early enough. And now you buy yourself some time to keep your eyes downfield and and hit a Tyree kill or somebody, you know, for 55 yards, like Pat Mahomes does all the time. But if it is beyond 10 yards, it is not your fault unless you just got whipped. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, that's why I, this is why I love doing the show because we get to talk about football. Yeah. (laughs) And, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, when I see in there's, so many fans and so many like media people that are just like, well, yeah, he's, he had a great game. He was 22 for 24. And I was like, yeah, but the throws he didn't throw, they also weren't like, he took a sack on this one and he had a fumble on this one. And this happened like we saw those things happen. Yeah. Just because you didn't watch the game doesn't mean that something bad. He wasn't, and, and and I'm Max, I'm I thank you for you feel I feel validated. Cause I said I thought he was bad for about 75% of the game. Yeah. And it wasn't that CJ Stroud was bad, but their play calling just was not conducive to what he can and is really good at doing. Yes, he had a great completion percentage, but at the end of the day, he gave ground. He had the fumble. Remember the fumble he had against Iowa. Yeah. We talked about that a week ago, right? The fumble yeah. he had against Iowa, which and that's it's it's happened twice, two games. He's had that. He's had a fumble where a guy comes straight to his face, and he lets it go, and that's that's a bad thing. So you know what? Before because we're going to go Georgia-Tennessee, and then we're going to talk A and M and Auburn because we got to talk about a coaching change, and we have to talk about a potential coaching change. We got to talk about those two things before we're done. But I want to go. But I wanted to ask you, Trevor, as a quarterback, the football is precious, right? When if you have multiple games in a row, and listen, I live in North Carolina. I live in Charlotte. Sam Darnold was the quarterback here for a while, and Sam Darnold was a guy that fumbled. A lot. He he fumbled a lot in college. That ball coming out. How like what 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 did, what, did they, what did they tell you in the meeting room, Trevor, about that ball coming out and how you handle that and how you see the pressure?
1: Well, first and foremost, from a ball security standpoint, I know we wear our little red jerseys, and it looks all cute, and we be on the videos and drop back with our chin straps undone and throw the ball all over the place. But like you said, that ball is precious. And, And we, the quarterback coaches that I played for, we always had time during practice to do ball security drills so that we, hey, moving up in the pocket, rip it through. Hey, somebody's coming over your I'm here far down with one less drive you only get one one uh, a certain number of drives per game Mm -hmm. and one turnover can be that can be the difference whether it's a throwing error whether it's stepping up, up in the pocket whether it's trying to run for an extra yard or hold the ball out with one hand you gotta be smart especially in big time games because those one or two plays can absolutely make the difference, and yeah. it is a point of contention every single day in practice.
2: Yeah, and that's that's the part for me that I also got frustrated with with with, with Stroud was two weeks in a row, two fumbles in a big spot, and that's you don't want to be there, you don't want to be in that spot. So let's we're wrapping up the Big Ten. Let's go to the SEC. The SEC, I mean, I I am not going to do the George Whitfield I'm not going to call him Jurassic Park, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just going to treat him like any other conference in the world. The reality for me is Georgia and Tennessee. Well, actually no, I am I guess I am doing the George Whitfield based on the rundown because Georgia Tennessee will be the game of the century for this year. For the so when's what's when's the last time we had game of the century? Game of the century. The last time we had this was what? Georgia? Excuse me. Was Alabama LSU? Right?
1: Let me clarify. Not within the past one hundred years from today, but from two thousand and. All. <laughs> yeah. All right. What are we talking about here?
2: I've just the last time we labeled something as game of the century was what? That was that was that was Alabama and LSU. That was one of the
0: USC Texas. USC uh, Texas. Texas.
2: The Uh, most recent one was nine to six, Alabama LSU.
0: Yeah, that was a big. But I thought. But what about Clemson and uh, Clemson and and LSU in the national championship game? That was a national championship game. You don't have to label that anything. It's a national championship game. But it still could be a game of the century if you have all that talent on the field playing a game. That's true. Yeah
1: okay uh-huh. this is a
2: regular season okay this is a CBS game of this century <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right yeah okay'll I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one okay um, yeah I mean like you said but I mean but I think this it, if Michigan and Ohio State collide like they're about to I think it also sure, sure. Thanksgiving has the same weekend credence it has the same credence I wish it was the same weekend. But then again, I don't because I actually want to focus on it. Sure. But I think both of those games, those are the games of this season. I don't know if I say games of the century. But games well, of but this
2: Tennessee, season. But Tennessee, Alabama also belongs in that discussion to me. But
1: but, yeah. but for me, you don't label it like you know, somebody that does a lot of good work. And, yeah, they get notarized and recognized for it. But they don't really become famous until after they pass away. Sure. Game of the century is labeled after the fact. Yes. Game of the century was leading up to it. Yes, it had a lot of hype, but then it was the game of the century because of the way that they fought and they and the, the turnout and it was a one score game or it was triple overtime. I think game of the century label goes after the game. So I think this game could be that, especially with the hype leading up to it.
2: Like that, like so what you're saying, Trevor, that reminds me a lot of it reminds me a lot of um, the Roscoe Parish game. Miami in Florida.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Where Stanford Daniels basically snatched the soul out completely out of his chest. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you
2: know what I'm talking about, Max? Oh, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that to me, like that game, but it also goes if we talk national championship games, it talks about it's Ohio State and Miami. And that yeah. game that game completely defined an era. Mm-hmm. The BCS era, I would say. That in the 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 USC Texas game, as you mentioned before, Max. Yeah, those games they conf- they they defined an era. Like I don't well, Florida Oklahoma too.
1: Florida yeah. yes, Florida, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Florida
2: Oklahoma. You know, and then the other game, the game, the other game that I think defined an era. Florida, Ohio State, Urban Meyer national yeah. championship. Mm-hmm. I I Nick Shirelli was my GA. Works for the works for the Broncos now. Shirelli mm-hmm. obviously played at Florida. Was roommates with Jesse Palmer. And Shirelli had friends on staff and he said, and he told us, he came back and told us, I think in December, he said, hey, they think they're going to win by two or three touchdowns. And I was like, what? Mm. What? And then you get the First play the, – the kickoff returned by Ted Ginn. And then Florida put the paws on him. Full court press. And it was like, oh, wow, you guys knew that this was about to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. So, to they, me, they but that know was – Ted Ginn's ankle was going to get messed up in the end zone from celebrating the sure. uh, kickoff return. But, but that Florida team was right – because I was on the sidelines for that game. Yeah. Robert. Yeah. yeah. It was, hey, the legends were out. It was it, it was, me. It was Lomas Brown, Emmett Smith. Yeah. Over there on one sideline, he had Eddie George and Santonio San mm-hmm. and everybody on the other one. And, and I love Eddie. Eddie. I love Eddie. Yeah. But hey, Eddie, at halftime, we went back. We went back around. The yeah. <laughs> Eddie was like, uh-uh. <laughs> he didn't want to engage in it. He didn't want to make eye contact with us. Man, I did it. Trash, he, he was talking before the game started. Man,
2: I did a show with Eddie and Eddie and he knew I had to work the rest of the day to like do all my notes and stuff. And Eddie goes, you want to go into my office? I was at the show was at his restaurant in Columbus. Oh, yeah. He's like, like, you want to go up into my and he invited me. He he was the nicest guy. We talked about hardscape because he does landscaping now. This is completely getting off track now. But Eddie and I are both into gardening.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. So, okay. Yes. Vince Dooley. Anyways. All right. R.I.P. Vince Dooley was also a man, a big yeah. time partner as well. <laughs> but let's let's get it. So Georgia,
2: Tennessee, what do we expect coming out of this game? Because I the the question, and this is something that I said on Saturday night. And we I know we, we've got about we got 23 minutes and we want to get to these Halloween costumes because I know we got a graphic for them, which is going to be very fun. But I have and I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. There are teams that 24 points is where they want to live, and that's where they feel comfortable because they love their defense, they don't love their offense that much, and that's where they want to live. There are teams that want to score 40 or more every week, and then there are teams that can't score 40 but want to live at 24, a.k.a. Alabama. How do we feel about this with Georgia-Tennessee? Because I think Georgia's a 24-point team. Tennessee's a 40-point team.
0: Hmm. Okay. <laughs>
1: oh, I asked let's you a hard it. question.
0: Let's go, <laughs> let's go, Max. Let's, let's go. i here. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia is a juggernaut. They are they are the heavyweight fighter in this bout, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones. They're Mike Tyson. Okay. Right. Physical, they knock want to you play out play. in three. Yeah, they want to knock you on three. They want, they, they, goes, they want. What if it play. goes? What if it goes twelve? That's the problem. That's the problem right there. That's a. If it becomes yeah. more of a marathon, Muhammad Ali style is what I look at Tennessee being. And can you dance around the ring? Can you run and chase Tennessee because Tennessee is going to put you to the hill? They are literally going to take you sideline to sideline. And they're going to force you to have to go vertical after you've gone horizontal on them. Yeah. And I don't know as much as good as I, as good as that defensive line is. Yep. I don't know when you meet somebody up to the test offensively on the offensive line, if they start putting the pressure on you, if you can respond enough, that's my only, that's my only question. Like, yes, they put 42 points up on Florida, but a lot of people have put 40 points up on Florida. Right. So, don't count that. Mm-hmm. But when it they comes, scored 42 was- points on Florida because they could. Yeah, exactly. They knew they were going to. That was their number that they wrote in their poly Pocket notebook <laughs> on Monday. Right. So, yep, 42. That's our number. We're gonna get there. La la la. <laughs> um, whereas unconsciously, Tennessee just by lining up is a 45 point team. Yes. Just by the virtue of the lineup, and you and I just I don't believe Georgia has the DBs, it depth to run with those re- receivers in that scheme. That's my only concern. It's Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson. Do you want power? Do you think you can catch him in the ribs early enough to slow him down? Which that means you have to hit Hendon Hooker repeatedly, yep. and he knows how how to fall and get out of the way of a direct hit. Yes versus Muhammad Ali, who's going to float like a butterfly and dance around until you're tired, and then he's going to jab you to death until you have a concussion. What do you think, Trevor?
1: Well, if this is Muhammad Ali in a heavyweight battle, and it's on pay-per-view as they typically are, I pay a whole lot of money to watch this one. A whole lot of money to watch this one. And that's because I think you have the juggernaut that you mentioned, Max, in Georgia – that's riding a lot of momentum still to last year. They're the national champion. There's a lot sure. that comes with that. They have a target on their back. They have, a, they have an understanding internally that they have to play to a certain level. But they've shown us this year that they're capable of dipping down. Tennessee, on the other hand, I think comes into this one with a lot more momentum. They've been up here and they've stayed up here, which is really hard to do. They've got internally, I talk about that again, a culture right yeah. now that says, yeah. I don't care who comes in front of me. I'm knocking that sucker out. I don't care where they come from. I don't care who they are. I don't care what their record is. I'm coming for throats. And that's their mentality right now. If they can continue to do that and then back themselves up, yeah, they're, they're a scary team to come up against right now. I'm not gonna go as far to say that Georgia or Tennessee is gonna walk away with this one, but I will say this: I don't believe that Georgia is an eight and a half point favorite that they opened up at here today. I don't think they're an eight and a half point favorite. I think it'll be a closer game than that. Um, and I think Tennessee really does have a shot to uh, to go to Georgia and, and and pick one off and have a Cinderella season with Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker.
0: What do we got there, Max? These are receipts. <laughs> Tennessee has the has a, has the 2021 receipts. And in fact, they actually filed late, right? Because they're corporate. <laughs> so they've checked the receipts. They're looking at all of all, all everything from last year. <laughs> all right. Bet. Bet I got you. They that Bama receipt, like the IOU from Dumb and Dumber. That's a good one. You want to keep that one. <laughs> you best believe they're checking receipts every single week, and they have checked them off week after week, remembering what was said and what was done to them a year ago. Hinden Hooker is out for blood. Josh Heupel is out for blood, and there there is no tomorrow. Right? Remember right. in Gattaca, they, were swim- they were swimming. Mm-hmm. So they were swimming. They swim to that little buoy out there. Yep. He said, "What's the trick? How do you beat him?" I don't plan on swimming back. I don't save yeah. anything for the, for the, for the swim save back. Save nothing
2: for the swim home.
0: <laughs> yeah. I am all the way out there, and that's what Tennessee's doing right now. And, and, and
1: let's not forget, for. let's not forget about Tennessee, that it's not like they've been playing this team and that team and they're playing good and they're beating people out. They already knocked out a heavyweight. Uh-huh. They already knocked out a juggernaut. They've been there before. They're coming into this one saying – Dude, you're no different than those guys we played a couple weeks ago. You're no better than them. You played against them last year in the in the national championship. Y'all, yeah, oh, that's cute. We just beat them a couple weeks ago. So come on, come on. Here we go. It's a it's a different Tennessee team than what we've seen in the past. Well, and uh, they, they scare me a little bit. Well,
2: here's what here's what I want to get to. Here's what I want to get to. Trevor, Max, I want to get both of you guys on this, right? Tennessee ain't been good since what 2007 at best at best <laughs> at best yeah 25 years mm-hmm. I mean that's no, not 25 years I, I did the math around 15 years
0: is that I'm sorry I was going I was going off of like 98 yeah, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so
2: that's <laughs> and you know what? That's what yeah. was in my head too. I'm not great at math. My mom's going to kill Martin me. Martin was there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. My mom. My mom's going to yeah, kill me because she's a math yeah. teacher. She was a math teacher. She's going to kill me. I was thinking of 98, 97, and then went back to they last got to the SEC championship in 2007, but they had that up and down period in between. The point being, 20 years since they've been pretty good. Yeah, they didn't overlook Kentucky. The defense, and I'm glad that you did this, Max. On the yeah. talk about where their trajectory is going, because mm. the defense is getting better. Yeah. The defense is learning. It's it's literally it's like um, Jurassic Park. That's my yeah. that's my kid's favorite movie. Her oh. my four year old her favorite movie is Jurassic Park. Sweet. And it's it's like they're learning where 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 the the Raptors are attacking different parts of the
0: fence. Uh-huh, until they get better.
2: Until they get, Tennessee Tennessee's doing the exact same thing. They're like, oh, we can do this, and we can do that, and we can do this, and we can do that. So, Max, when you watch this Tennessee team, one, do you expect them to be ranked number one coming in because they have the best win of the season? And two, do you expect this team, like, they're not going to overlook anybody. They're not going to underplay. And you played in the SEC. You played against Tennessee. You were part of that long streak where Tennessee didn't beat Florida. Yeah, like these fans are terrified that the bottom will drop out, and the players in this team—they've got to—it's got to—they've got to feel this, not pressure, but they've got to feel this. Every game is, and we talked about it again. Every game is precious, right? We talked about it with Trevor. With the the football is precious to you. Yeah, for Tennessee, every game has to be precious because we're doing something that hasn't been done since at least two thousand seven. In two thousand seven, the SEC East was not good.
0: No, it was completely down. This is this is a different, this is a different day and age. And especially when you consider just the implications on a year to year basis of how yeah. your team can drastically change with the portal mm-hmm. with NIL. So it's literally a silo. Yeah. Like, you can't project forward too far unless sure. you're a team in this direction where you're amassing, right, what Alabama, what Clemson, what Ohio State sure. has done for years along the way. Tennessee's the newcomer, the new kid on the block. They they haven't tasted steak tartare. They, right. they don't understand what Wagyu is. They don't right? know. They don't know. They they don't know Pommes Fries, and Apois. Exactly, they don't know what foie gras is, <laughs> right? Ah! Truffle butter, right? You know, they, they don't understand that. Whereas the other ones have, so every experience is a new experience. And like, you know, I was saying, but they before. like it. They, they, they like the taste of truffle butter. They they, they like what is that? Mm. that season? That's 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 not that that's not Lowry's, is it? That's not no. That, oh, we don't have this at people? home. Tony (laughs) Sacheris, is that what that is? I've never Uh, had Cajun seasoning before on a steak. Yeah, like I just just had that Montreal steak seasoning that goes on everything, you know. (laughs) And so they're feeling. And Josh Heupel, oh my God, you have Sriracha. I just know Frank's. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I just had some Crystal. I don't even know what the (laughs) other flavors are, (laughs) but I think. But that's what. But Josh Heupel knows what that standard looks like, right? Right. Josh has been there, and I think when you have a leader who understands what it looks and what it feels like he can transcend that message onto his team. And especially when they've already bought in. Yes. This team has bought in from last year because they saw what the second half of the season looked like. And now they're in this, like I said, he's not going to let them look past. He's not going to let them get comfortable. He's going to make sure that if they got the thousand, the thousand count Egyptian cotton, He's going to dump some sand in there before they get into bed.
2: Oh, that like my kid putting Ritz, like eating Ritz in my bed. Are you kidding me? Exactly.
0: Exactly. It's... He gets big salt crystals <laughs> and it hits you right, in, right between the shoulder blades and you can't really get it. Yeah. He can say like, it's man, i it in my bed. What is going what on? What is happening? Yeah. I, okay.
2: So I want to get to this, Trevor, because we got, we only have about we got 12, 13 minutes left. Yeah. Trevor, I, I just want you to talk to me more about this Tennessee offense as a quarterback. And you are a guy that you can move a little bit. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You, I know. you Don't sell yourself short. You can move. There, there, it, is, there it is. There it
1: well, is. Once upon a, a time, time. Once upon a time. Yeah, I can move around a little bit. And and I played for Josh Heupel for three years. Josh Heupel, Josh Heupel gave me an opportunity, and and was, you're was still my in my you're from. still in
2: my notes right now. So you're still in my notes. I, the next thing I was going to say, you also played for Josh Heupel, and what do you think about the evolution of his offense? And how he's been able to, to like what do you think about the way he's evolved this offense into that speed and space to force the defense to declare? Because I know that when you played for him, there was a little bit more of of tight things mm-hmm. where you expanded. Yep. And then now it's all it's all wide. What do you think about that? And then I we're gonna get the credit of the to the
1: a, a lot of credit to him of how he has um for lack of a better term come with the times no right. longer are, are we stuck in getting under center and you know putting a, a tight end in there and trying to stay in, in you know the same personnel and move around different formations we do have players like that nowadays sure. but these tight ends nowadays can put their hand in the dirt and then go match up one-on-one and play x right yeah i mean these guys are freaks so what he has done is he said okay I'm certainly got to get out of my own head because he was a drop back. He can move a little bit, not a great arm, throw sure. style, hand the ball off. That was his era. As a coach, he's gotten to the point down and say, okay, Hendon Hooker, what do you do very well? Okay, I'm going to take that note. I'm going to take that note. I'm yep. going to take that note. Who are my receivers? What's my own line like? I'm going to take that note. I'm going to take that note. All right, now I'm going to go lock myself in a room and do what I'm good at and start drawing stuff up and developing a plan and developing a plan and then get the buy-in, Max, that you talked about. And you go out there and it's like, okay, is this really going to work? Putting guys all the way on the sidelines? All right, (laughs) right, during camp, it worked against our guys. It worked against our guys. Oh, week one, it worked against the the, the opponent.
2: When your quarterback's got a huge arm.
1: No doubt. And I think what he has done is he has crafted an incredible offense for this group of guys. And he has – Gotten out of his own way and allow these guys to go operate, and you can see that too. One of the things that that people knocked on Josh Heupel for a long time was, "Hey, just let it go, just 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 let your guys play. Don't be so robotic." If you watch Hinden Hooker play, he's anything but robotic, and I think that's Josh Heupel getting out of his own way and understanding his personnel.
2: No, I I love that. I think you're spot on. We're gonna we're gonna stick with guys that are. Supposed to or that are or supposed to be quarterback coaches. So we're going to go to AM, Jimbo Fisher. Oh, a place that you know very well. So we're going to go to you first tonight. Some folks are calling for his job. What do we think is going to happen next there?
1: It, it's uh, it's a really really tough time to be an Aggie right now. Um, <laughs> and I I will say this: if we don't go and beat up on the Gators this week. i find it very which i'll throw a couple bones down on the side max if you want to
0: (laughs) we will talk after the show
1: (laughs) (laughs) if they don't go beat florida this week i have a very hard time seeing any way that they make a bowl game yeah you're telling me that you have number one overall recruiting class you have multiple years in your position you're in the sec west You got all the money, all the headlines, everything everybody's talking about, and you're not going to make a bowl game. And you had guys preseason saying that you were a uh, title contender, not even a dark horse contender that you were a real contender for the national title and you're not going to make a bowl game. That's tough to swallow. And if I'm Jimbo Fisher, I'm sitting here going, is this me? Am I not doing what Josh Hype was doing? Am I staying in my own way? Do I need to have somebody else call the plays? I would look myself in the mirror if I was Jimbo in that staff and just try and figure it out. That said, I like Jimbo Fisher. I think Jimbo Fisher has a lot of qualities that you want in the head coach. But at the end of the day, what does anybody care about? Wins and losses. We talk about all the nitty gritty on this show and across the country. But at the end of the day, if you're winning football games, nobody cares about the offense you're running. Nobody cares about the meal you eat before the game. Nobody cares about your off season program, They care about, oh, that's the best coach in the world. He does everything right because they're winning games. And when you're losing, boy, does it stack up on those shoulders and people come after you you hard. It gets real heavy, Michael. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Okay, Max, give me your thoughts on A&M and then take us into Auburn, a a new job that's opened up and who you (laughs) think fits there. So go A&M and then talk Auburn.
0: All right. Well, A&M, Trevor, I had that Texas A&M-Arkansas game. Uh, so so I saw Texas A&M up and close. And in fact, you know, Anthony Lucas, one, one of your, your stud freshman DNs right out here where I live, Chaparral High School kid. Uh, I used to, I used to run into him in the grocery store, like great young kid. Um, it's so young, but my biggest question I have for Texas A&M for Jimbo is, You were brought in as a quarterback whisperer. You were brought in as the guy who knew how to get that top recruit. How are we still sitting here three years later and Haynes King is your best option in-house? You brought in Max Johnson from LSU. Why have you not gotten that five-star recruit in that number one class that can come and make an instant impact now? Max, Max.
2: Well, I don't I don't even need a five-star recruit. But what I'm saying, but if you don't have I just no need, need. I in the nil. Uh, it's, it's on. Yeah. We got a lot, we got a lot. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Trevor, uh-huh. tre- Trevor, go ahead. We started a five-star recruit this past week in Connor Wigman, and he looked yeah. really good. He looked really good. Now we lost the game, but Ole Miss is no slouch. And no. And, and we were a couple plays away from getting a win. Connor Wigman in his first start was efficient he'd move the ball around it looked like an offense did we still lose the game are there a lot of things to clean up yes but to your point max why did it take so long to get there why right. did we bounce back to haynes king and bounce around a bit that tells me haynes that
2: king was a five star kid
1: he was but hey if you're not getting done let's go let's move on, let's move on. the, let's the, move the on. question
2: yeah. for me is why isn't he getting it done If you're the quarterback whisperer, how are you not elevating what he's doing? This guy, I know he had a couple of, what did he have? Two interceptions against Sam Houston State?
1: Yeah.
2: And he probably should have had five? Yeah. And to me, that's the part, I think about the same thing with Michigan, right? How thrilled are we with Michigan's quarterbacks? When Jim Harbaugh is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. Yeah.
1: And here, here's a good here's a good way of putting it, Michael. In my opinion, if Jimbo is supposedly a quarterback whisperer, sure, strike out on one guy. Let's let's say Haynes King.
0: Hey, sure. he just wasn't <clears throat> it. <ass. throat>
1: That's a miss. Sure, but Max Johnson looked worse this year than he did at LSU. Exactly. And now you're moving on to your true freshman, who verdict still out. Played decent sure. in this last one. It was his first start. Who knows it. His head was spinning the whole game. You know, you guys know how that is. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he was out-of-body experience the whole game. Yeah. He didn't settle in. We'll see it this next week. But I'm with you guys. He he got underperformance out of his starter who won, won offseason and camp, who obviously was yeah. playing the best ball. And then he got worse production out of a guy that has played – not at a high level I wouldn't say out of Max Johnson but at a high enough level to win football games so I yeah. agree with you so yeah.
2: so here's the thing so listen I'm gonna, I am I want to close the book on am because I don't want to sound like we're like slamming on them they just got a lot of work to do and winning this weekend is the start of the work they have to do um all I want to do with with Auburn because again I don't like I don't like piling on when things are bad listen when it rains it pours and yeah. literally, I don't know if you guys had a rainy uh, Halloween, but we had a little bit of a rainy Halloween, and n- no kids showing up to get candy. Now I just got a bunch of candy in my house. It's terrible. I'm gonna, my stomach's not gonna love that because I'm gonna eat it, of course. But when we when we look at we look at Auburn, can you give me two names, both of you, two names, four names? Let's start with you, Max. Two
0: names that you think would fit at that job. I mean, I think you have to go one in-house guy who I know is going to get a lot of attention, and that's mm-hmm. Lane Kevin, right? I think Lane still harbors some type of feelings that he wasn't up for the LSU job a year ago.
2: Sure. Right? So, oh, one in co- like in in-conference guy.
0: Yeah, in-conference guy. Yeah. I, th- I think you have to have that conversation with Lane. Sure. Um, I would actually not be opposed to Matt Rule. Because I okay. think Matt Rule has gone into – bad situations think of temple think of baylor Mm -hmm. and he has turned them around and auburn is nowhere near as bad as those and he he knows how to do a lot of things with his personnel and also he happens to be on vacation right now yes he's an available guy that you can have a conversation with and i think he does mentally fit into the recruiting mindset that's needed to go into the sec especially into auburn right who their fans are eternally restless they yes. don't. Yeah, they're like, when, when's the next championship? That's that's the way their mind is. No matter how bad their squad is, mm-hmm. and I think he's the one who could temper enough emotions that he could buy a little bit more time than Harson did. I think Harson was overwhelmed from day one. But my two names, I'm giving you Kiffin and Rule, would be my first two shots. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, T Knight, what you got?
1: So I, I I like I like the Matt Rule. I don't think Lane Kiffin goes. To Auburn. I, I think the only reason he would leave Ole Miss at this point, he's got a great cush gig. They're winning a bunch of football games. Is he going to win a national championship there? My bet is no. Right. He's only going to leave to go somewhere where he can win a national championship. And I think it's too much rebuilding at Auburn right now to, to get there quickly. I think, I think that at, at the point we're in now, not historically, but the point we're in now, I think that's a horizontal move for Lane Kiffin. This is overreaction Monday, so I'm going to throw this out there, and please do not quote me on this. I'm doing it for giggles. <laughs> yeah. I say Auburn goes and pulls Ed O right off the beach and sticks <laughs> him in Auburn, Alabama to go up against those cats in Baton Rouge. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, my to That's the troll job. That Never would be a master troll job. That's
1: wire. Never going to yeah. happen. Not even a good fit, but it's overreaction Monday. Get out I love the it. Ghetto.
2: I love it. You know what's not an overreaction on Monday, though, is when we do our three stars. So I'm going to I'm gonna kick it off with you, Max. Three stars. We go quarterback, skill, defensive player. What do you got?
0: You want me all three? All three. Okay. First one, quarterback, hand and hooker. Very efficient 1925, 245 yards, three tutties, 10 10 for 23 on the rushing game, but also a rushing touchdown. So four. Twi- also, four, can I ask you three.
2: something? Yeah, as offensive lineman and Trevor, chime in really quick. we only have a little bit of time left, but how do you guys feel about college adding sacks into your
0: rushing yards? I mean, you, you if you're getting the yards after catch from the receiver, <laughs> hey, okay, <yeah>. Trevor. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I hate
0: it. It makes
2: yeah. my job really hard.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
2: Because I have to go back and look at every sack and then subtract those yardage, that yardage, and then go through it. So you you said hooker.
0: Who else did you yeah. say? I, I didn't get to the other ones. Okay. Skill. I'm going with Deuce Vaughn. We talked about him in the spooky segment. Yes. Spooky good. 22 carries, 158 yards, a touchdown, four catches, and another touchdown. He's my skill guy. And then, of course, BJ Tuamalo, the one-man wrecking crew. He was Ohio State defense. The kid has six total tackles, two sacks, and two interceptions. Nothing else needed to be said. That is a heck of a stat line.
1: Mm. All right. I'll roll through mine quick. Quarterback, I got Caleb Williams. I think Caleb, Mm -hmm. despite the loss to Utah, he's responded and, and let everybody know across the country. Stay up late for Pac-12 after dark because I'm the dog that you want to watch. Um, for skill player, I'm going Brock Bowers just because Felder's on the call and I know he. <laughs> Felders think that that Brock Bowers is the second best tight end in the country, but the dude's just an animal man. He's an athlete. He's a skill player, and, and, and just weapon. he's a baller. He's fun to watch. And then defensive player of the week, the linebacker from Vanderbilt, Anthony Orji. Yeah, he had a career day. Yes, reception, sack, strip, fumble, was all over the field. It, it was a lot of fun to watch, and those are my three stars of the week.
2: All right, so here's my three stars, and I'm going to go through them real quick as well. One, I already gave a shout out to Jake Hayner because I would have put him in here, except for Will Howard as the backup quarterback at Kansas State, and he threw for just under 300 yards, 296, in a game that they won essentially by 50 points, which is insane. um When your backup quarterback can win by 50 points, that's nuts. Uh, so I go for, with Kansas State on that one. I go Parker Washington. I know that that I know they lost to Ohio State, but Parker Washington had a day against Ohio State, 170 yards um receiving, which was amazing. And then I go to uh what let me make sure I get his name right. Viliami mm-hmm. Fioco. Viliami hey. Fioco. Yeah. And he had three sacks for San Jose State in a game that they needed to win and they did their job. So I just, I'm, I'm going with them. I am, I'm super pumped on that. Um, we got some, we got some hot, listen, we're going to wrap it up with some Halloween. So
0: yeah,
2: let's, um, let's throw some Max up. Let's do this. Max on the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Let's throw that up. There That's we right. go. Yeah. Everyone's seeing all it. Right. I can't so see nice. it, but it's all good. So, uh, so, Max on the Jungle Cruise, what's up next? What's next? No, Trevor, you talk to me. You tell me what. No, you know what? Why don't you introduce this since we can't see it? All you right. You tell us.
0: Next up, we got Felder. You can describe yourself here.
2: I'm yeah. Chubbs. I'm Chubbs from but, Happy uh, Gilmore.
0: <laughs> is that a homemade hand? That's a homemade hand. <laughs> yeah. Just tap it in, Felder.
1: <laughs> just tap. it a little
2: tap it in. in. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Happy. Just tap a And finally, we have. Tap a We
0: have executive producer Dagen Hughes here as. What can only be described as what it is, a bag of dog food.
1: Dog food. <laughs> hey mom, mom, dad, this year I, I want to be a bag of dog food. Dude, I, you got some serious problems when you're a young kid. I'm glad you grew up, David. I, 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 so here you you're like the kid that walks around with a with a piece of limestone with a face on it, says that's your best friend. It's rock. <laughs> my pet
2: rock. <laughs> oh my god. Guys, this has been a great show. This has been so fun. Um, I mean, I love doing this with you guys. I love when we get into like super football stuff. It's so fun. I like I was talking to uh I was talking to Rob. I was talking to, to Trevor before, like i really really talking to Dang, and I love doing this. So, guys, happy Halloween. Cheers. Boom. This yes, has been right. Field of 12 Halloween. brought to you brought to you by Bet Rivers, uh, powered by Bet Rivers. And you can check us out uh field of field of 68.shop if you want to get some merch. Uh, For Trevor, for Max, for another Trevor, (laughs) I'm Felder. Cheers.